The Miami Dolphins fell to the Buffalo Bills in Super Wild Card Sunday by a final score of 34 to 31. We're talking about the aftermath here today on this post-game episode of Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. And it is our last post-game episode of the 2022-2023 NFL season. The Dolphins falling in Orchard Park by a final score of 34-31 against the Buffalo Bills. And look, this, this team certainly went out and played a game that you as a fan should be proud of and have a lot of respect for. But ultimately... Uh, just too much stacked against the Dolphins. And we're going to talk about all of the elements that contributed to the Dolphins falling short in the wild card round here today on Locked on Dolphins. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And your host here on Locked On Dolphins, co-founder of the Draft Network. And Miami uh, certainly came to play in some phases. They did not come to play in other phases. And uh, this game, I, I think, in a lot of ways, mirrors some of the struggles and ways in which the Dolphins have fallen short in a number of the games that they have played this season. Miami finishing the year 9-8 and eight in the regular season. A lot of narrow misses for the Dolphins. A lot of missed opportunities. And this game, like those games, for being honest, was lost in the margins. Uh, this game was one in which the Dolphins had a lot of opportunities. And those opportunities were not met in all phases. The Dolphins could not, again, play complementary football. You knew coming into the game, well, the Dolphins are severely undermanned. Uh, they're going to have to run the football, shorten the game, take possessions out of Josh Allen's hands. They ran the ball 20 times for 42 yards and 2.1 yards per carry. They did not have a single rush greater than eight yards, and their two longest rushes were both eight yards apiece, and they came from their wide receiver. It's not a recipe for success. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you can look at the score and say, well, Dolphins had a lot of opportunities, but the Dolphins were outgained in this contest. They ran three less plays than the Buffalo Bills did, and they were nearly outgained from a yardage standpoint, two to one. Well, the Dolphins won the turnover battle, and those turnovers put the Dolphins in position to steal this football game. The special teams, you had a big return from Cedric Wilson, your first positive return in the return game seemingly all season long. The Dolphins finally found a way to get after Josh Allen and, and get him on the ground. They forced two turnovers in, in passing plays and another with a strip sack that was returned for a touchdown by Zach Sealer. They sacked Josh Allen a grand total of seven times in this contest. All things considered, it was there. But it was the same things that have snake bit the Dolphins all season long that ultimately caught up to them. 
third downs on defense, third and longs defensively were a big spot for this Dolphins team. They go zero. They go, the bills go up over the top because the rush doesn't get home. You hit a big explosive play penalties. The Dolphins were penalized seven times versus the bills being penalized just twice. The rushing attack for Miami not being consistent enough for you to lean on. Uh, speaking of third downs, the Bills were 9 of 16 on third down. The Dolphins themselves, 4 of 16. And then some of the procedural stuff. Again, late getting up to the line of scrimmage. Having to burn timeouts because you can't get lined up and you want to avoid delay game penalties. Taking timeouts to avoid delay of game penalties and then having a false start coming out of the timeout and losing the five yards anyway. You gain no benefit because you lost the five yards anyway. It's happened a bunch this season. And everybody's focus is on the third down. You ran for two yards near midfield, inside of four minutes left in the game. You're down three points. You, you think you have a first down. Mike McDaniel said after the game, they told us we had a first down upstairs. And then we got a late notice that it was actually fourth down, so then we had to change personnel. They did bump the play clock back up to 25 seconds. You get a fourth and one. You get all the way down. You try and snap the ball, but still have to take the timeout. It's a, it's a good thing, or you take the delay game penalty anyway, which quite frankly was a good thing because the play was dead on arrival on fourth and short, but they had to change the personnel. And those little things all adding up, all of those timeouts you had to burn, all of those hidden yardage opportunities. Well, I have a lot of respect for the game Skylar Thompson played. Was it precise? No. Was it refined? No. Did he have receivers drop ball? Yes, of course. Tyree Kill dropped one. Jalen Waddell dropped one. Jalen Waddell also had some really good defense played against him and a couple of other shots down the field that he couldn't quite hold on to. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, we've seen Jalen make those plays before. So it's going to be a thing that people talk about. I don't fault him other than the first one, the first shot play that they took. You dug yourself a 17-0 hole. You climbed your way back. You went two for four in the red zone, though. All of these little incremental microtransactions throughout the course of 60 seconds is the difference between the Dolphins stealing this game, and it, they would have stolen this game, and the Dolphins having a narrow miss. And there's a lot that we'll have the opportunity to talk about this offseason. But uh, I think the first thing that I really want to make sure that I do here on the post-game show is tip my cap to this team for how they played. You went down 17-0 in the first 20 minutes against the two-seed in Orchard Park. It would have been very easy to pack your bags, close up shop, and call it a day. And instead, you outscored the Bills 31-17 to across the final 40 minutes of the game. And you were like you were against San Francisco, like you were against the Chargers, like you were against the Packers, like you were in all these other games throughout the course of the season, in a position like you were against the Bengals and the Vikings and the Jets the first time you played them, in the fourth quarter with the ball and the opportunity to take the lead. But it was the margins. And we're going to have to do some self-scouting as a team. The coaching staff is going to have to do some self-scouting. Because when you call a run on third and two near midfield, you better have a fourth down call ready to go. 
you ran the ball. You have to call that run with the understanding of, hey, we're going to probably live in a world where we're, we might have to make a call on fourth down. But if we're going to run the ball and there's three and a half minutes left and we don't have any timeouts because we burned them all up, you got to know what you want to run the moment you call in the third and second run, third and two run. So from a communication standpoint, you know, I did not think they did Skylar Thompson any favors, but the timeliness of getting him up to the line of scrimmage, this is an offense that implements a ton of shift motion. And we're breaking the huddle with 12 seconds left. He didn't give him a lot of opportunity to really process what he's looking at. There's a lot that we'll have a chance to assess. But I go to bed tonight reflecting on the roller coaster that was. And I'm proud of the effort that was put forth by the team. I'm proud to be a Dolphins fan. Does it sting? Of course it stings. But when the buildup all week was taking gut punch after gut punch on critical players who you're not going to have, Raheem Mostert, Tuatonga Valoa. You're playing with house money, man. The Dolphins played with house money, and they made the Bills sweat. After being down 17-0, I have a lot of respect for how they buckled down and how they battled for 60 minutes. No consolation prizes. It's not good enough. You got to get better offensively. You got to get better from a coaching perspective, and you got to get better defensively. No consolation prizes. But if you're a fan of this team and you don't respect what the Dolphins gave as the biggest wild card underdog in the history of the wild card in, in the, the, the recent era, I don't know what to tell you. They earn my they earn even more of my respect because I largely respected this team in a lot of ways. But they earned my respect for how they made the most of this opportunity. They gave there's I think there's little question they gave everything that they had, but it was the same things that have been issues for the Dolphins all season long, or once again issues on Sunday, and it was not enough to overcome. Winter mornings are brutal, so here's my tip for tackling the day in comfort. Grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. When you start the year in Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better. Tommy John loungewear, pajamas, and underwear have dozens of comfort innovations like luxuriously soft tri-blend and micro-modal fabrics with four-way stretch, no limp balls or fuzz. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, people love Tommy John. You can get 20% off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. That is 20% off right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. So make sure you see their site for details. Everyone deserves to feel their best, but that unfortunately with the ups and downs in life is not something that is guaranteed. Better help is here to help. Today's sponsor is BetterHelp Online Therapy. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. With all the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it is more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. So fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And even if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck. With BetterHelp, learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com 
slash locked on. Missed opportunities in this game. And a total gut punch that in another critical juncture of this game, uh, late in the game, the Dolphins trying to, to make a move and climb back into the lead. They have an opportunity to take a shot on a scramble hill on third or scramble drill from Skylar Thompson. It's outside the pocket. Looks like he has a shot to, to go up over top to Tyreek Hill. Doesn't take it. Instead throws to Mike Gusecki, who's contacted. There's no penalty called against the Bills. It's kind of a common theme, but uh, the, 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 the officials aren't the reason why the Dolphins lost the game, but it was a, a bummer to see some, some opportunities where you thought, you know, there, there might have been infringements that could have been called that were not called, um, including the scrap with Christian Wilkins and Josh Allen, which Christian Wilkins blocks Josh Allen, and Josh Allen decides he wants a piece of Christian Wilkins, and then his offensive line takes exception to that. And Christian Wilkins gets taken down to the ground and gets called for a personal foul for offsetting penalties on a throw that was an interception that set the Dolphins up in plus territory. I, I don't know how you call Christian Wilkins for anything, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's The Dolphins had their opportunities to win this game, and ultimately they missed opportunities of their own, including on the subsequent punt after there was no flag called on Mike Gusecki, the Bills muffed the punt, and the Dolphins just can't quite jump on the punt. And I thought that sequence really encapsulated a lot of offensively what bemoaned the Dolphins. You know, obviously there's the, the uh, stretch of the game where the Dolphins have momentum and they have the ball and they have the lead, and they come out throwing on third and long from their own end zone. And Kyrie Elam picks off Skylar Thompson. Skylar finished this game 18 of 45 for 220 yards, touchdown, and two interceptions. I'll say this for Skylar Skylar did about everything that you could of a player of his magnitude, experience level, and skill set that he possibly could in this contest. But boy, oh boy, when you turn on the game tape, and we'll do it this week. We'll watch the game tape, and I'll pull some clips and make sure you guys see what I'm talking about. Skyler left a lot of clean pockets, and he missed a lot of throws over the middle of the field. And that is the part of this game that I don't blame him for them because he played in the Pac or the Big 12 at Kansas State in a spread offense. He wasn't asked to do a lot of this stuff, and I understand he's been in the, the NFL for a season now. He's finished his rookie season. He's gotten significant reps, but it's just not it, – that stuff takes time. And you're playing the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, really good coaching staff. And they are going to, as any good defensive coaching staff would do, they are going to give you certain areas of the field and take away other areas of the field until you prove you can beat them, and then they will adjust. I would credit for all of the critiques for Josh Boyer. And they were very relevant early in this game, yet again. You get a lot of third and long situations, and we come out in zero opportunities. And yes, Xavier Howard, Howard's got to cover ha uh, half the field against Stephon Diggs. You got to understand where X is at this season. He hasn't been his best. Stephon Diggs, one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. 
yeah, you're, you're betting that the pass rush is going to get there. It didn't. And Josh laid a beautiful ball out in front for, for Stephon Diggs. And you go from a third and 15 plus to a first down inside the red zone. But I will say that you know, the Dolphins defensively adjusted quite well. And, and for a large majority of this game, they had the Bills offensively on the ropes. I mean, the Bills left halftime or, or entered halftime with what could have been 300-plus yards of offense if not for the ball by Khalil Shakir that he couldn't secure down the field against Cater Kohu. Yet another, oh, by the way, zero pressure and free snap alignment. They finished the game with 423. Try to get it right. Yeah, 423 yards offense on 72 plays, 5.9 yards per play. And they had like 150 yards offense in the second half. And obviously they, they scored 14 points in the second half, and seven of those came on a short field after the interception by Kyir Elam. But good coaching staffs will give you certain areas and challenge you to prove that you can take and win in those areas. And until you do, they're not going to change, right? And I think that was the thing for Miami when you review the game tape and you see some of the middle of the field throws that were open and available, if we were standing in the pocket, it'd probably look a little different. The game would look a little different. You certainly would not be 18 of 45 and complete about 40% of your passes. Now, at the end of the day, you know, that, that is all to say Skylar Thompson was, I thought, put in a lot of disadvantageous situations in the pre-snap and then the process to get up to the line of scrimmage. I thought he fought his rear end off. I like the rest of the team. I admire the toughness that Skylar Thompson showcased because you could tell on more than one occasion he felt big hits from the Bills. I will do my best to not linger too long this offseason on the what could have been for this game and for this season. Because, man, you reflect on, on where they were, you reflect on the injuries, you reflect on the game that was played, and you really can't help but feel like there was an opportunity here, and it, it's like the summarization of the game. The season, like the game, was lost in the margins. There's marginal things that have to change. Credit the Dolphins. They forced three turnovers in this game. They forced 14 turnovers all season. They played Josh Allen and the Bills, and they get three turnovers. All their best players showed up with a big play. Tip of the cap. Javon Holland with an interception. Tip of the cap to Xavier Howard. Tip of the cap to Bradley Chubb. They said on the broadcast, and I, I don't think this gets talked about often enough with Bradley Chubb. He's been playing with a high ankle sprain. Dudes don't play with high ankle sprains. Like, they just straight up, they, they can't go. Austin Jackson missed, like, three months with a high ankle sprain. And Bradley Chubb played, and he had a really nice sack. He had a strip sack of Josh Allen on a third down. This guy made, these guys defensively made some big plays. Is it enough to save Josh Boyer and, and keep that sustained into another season? Probably not. But man, where was this effort on the turnovers all season long? It's part of the volatility of the game of football that you just, you simply you can't count on it to be replicatable year in, year out. 
As we get ready to close up this post-game show, I'm really geeked to talk about one of our other sponsors of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own franchise, your dream can come true. This game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins listeners can get a 100% free boost of their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's all caps LOCKED ON. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game, visit, visit ultimate gm.com or look it up in the app store that is ultimate gm.com. Ultimate Football GM starts your franchise today. So the Dolphins ride off into the offseason. Nine and eight, third consecutive winning season, first playoff berth since 2016. Still looking for their first playoff win since 2000. But they gave you a lot to be proud about yesterday. Well, think about every Dolphins playoff appearance since. I, I'm going to reluctantly do this, but I am going to pull up the Dolphins' playoff history. I know their last four playoff games, they had lost by a combined score before Sunday of 80-20. to 20. They lost to the Steelers in 2017, 30-12. They lost to the Ravens in 2008, 27-9. They lost to the Ravens in 2001, 20 to 3, and they lost to the Raiders in 2000, 27 to nothing. And then, of course, the year before that in 99, they lost 62 to 7 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the year before that in 1998, they lost 38 to 3 in the divisional round. Yikes. Again, there's no consolation prizes. The Dolphins weren't good enough. The Dolphins uh, came into this game handcuffed from a personnel standpoint, but they gave the Dolphins or they gave the Buffalo Bills a hell of a fight. And when you reflect on what this season has been and you reflect on the adversity that the Dolphins got slapped with early on in this contest, I can appreciate what we got. And there's going to be a lot of memories that I have of this season that I'm going to be really thankful for. There's going to be some hard lessons learned. Uh, there's there's going to be a little bit different mentality as far as covering the team uh, to protect myself from the emotional roller coaster for seasons like this one. But I am glad that we can look back on the entire picture, right? I'm a very process-oriented person. I, I like thinking about collecting inf complete sample sizes of information. And you think about the sample size being a season, right? And you can reflect on the circumstances the Dolphins dealt with in this game, the circumstances that the Dolphins were dealt with in a slew of key categories, including injuries, um, some of which you know they perhaps should have seen coming, and others of which they could never have seen coming. And we'll evaluate all those decisions in the days and weeks ahead and then talk about what changes are necessary and we'll play the blame game for, Oh, well, they came up short here. They came up short there. 
but I'm thankful that this team has continued to show competitiveness, which is a standard that for quite a while was not the case in Miami. You know, we, we can sit here and bemoan um, missed opportunities and we, we can bemoan another playoff loss and we can bemoan what we've been dealt. But at the same time, you know, I reflect on the direction and then we will think a lot about the decision in 2019 to kind of build this thing from the ground up and, and all the twists and turns of choose your own adventure to get us here. And Miami in their last three seasons has won 28 games and three consecutive winning seasons. And the Dolphins haven't been able to lay claim to three consecutive winning seasons since 2001, 2002, and 2003. They made the playoffs for just the fifth time since 2000 all while finishing 28th in the NFL in turnover differential or turnovers forced per game, all while being in the bottom third in, in defensive scoring, having one of the worst special teams units in football. Yeah, like we're going to have to make some changes. We're going to have to improve this roster. We've already kind of been over the salary cap and outlook, and you'll hear people and pundits who haven't really dug into it talk about how the Dolphins have limited resources. I promise you that's not the case. They're not overflow. The cup is not overfloweth with draft capital, and that's okay. Quite frankly, I think we're at a juncture with this team where draft picks and rookies, case in point with Eric Azucama and Channing Tindall, are not going to be the needle movers for your team. They're just not. You have the young nucleus of young core players. Now, there's going to become a point in time where your drafting, particularly on day three, is going to be essential for replenishing and getting players in the system proactively as you lose players because you're not going to be able to pay everybody. But the entire nucleus of this team next year is going to be back unless the Dolphins choose to not have it be that way. And the capital between the drafts, the draft picks that they do have, and they have three top 100 selections that they can trade for veteran players if they'd like to or spend on rookies. If you feel like there's a slam dunk rookie out there that, that can move the needle for you. But I think that should be an expectation. People, people are going to deadpan the Channing Tindall pick because he didn't make an impact this season for the, for the team. Yeah. He wasn't a top 100 pick. I wouldn't have expected a top 100 pick to make a significant impact for this team. And my bummed he didn't progress more. So we could have got a little bit more athleticism out there instead of Elena Roberts who got beat to the edge on that touchdown run by James Cook. Of course. But those really aren't going to be your needle-moving players, and they were going to have the opportunity to add needle-moving players to this nucleus of players that is going to be here for the next three, four, five seasons. That's your winning window. You're in it now. You just okay, you know, you limped into this game and you gave the Bills the fight of their lives. Well, statistically speaking, the game was more skewed than what the final score was in favor of Buffalo. But you want some situational elements and you force three turnovers and you got a defensive score and you got positive contributions on special teams for the first time in forever and you ran the ball for 21 yards. And you went 25% on third down. Plus the 0 for 1 on fourth down. And you got communication issues that you got to iron out. There's a lot to address. But there's a lot that they overcame to have a strong showing. And for the team that was the biggest underdog of the wild card weekend and has the, the biggest underdog of the, the wild card weekend since the current iteration uh, of wild card football teams, 
you could be in a lot worse place going into this offseason than making the playoffs. Could have done what the Patriots did last year, right? Let's think about the Patriots last year, how they snuck in. They beat the Dolphins to that last spot. And they lost to the Dolphins in Week 18, and then they went to the playoffs at 10-7, and seven, and they got outscored 47-17 to 17 against the Buffalo Bills. That could have been your fate. And boy, oh boy, would I have not have enjoyed that offseason with that kind of performance. The Dolphins didn't give us that. They gave us a show. They gave us a fight. They gave us an entertaining 60-minute game. And they went down the same way that they have gone down so many ways before this season. So now the challenge just becomes addressing those margins that cost you the game and cost you a much more impactful season in the landscape of the NFL. We'll talk about it in the days ahead. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Really appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Keep your chins up. Keep your chest up. Proud to be Miami Dolphins fans. we got a lot to look forward to. we got a great nucleus of players. We're going to talk about in the weeks and days ahead how that nucleus can serve as a launch point for the 2023 version of the Miami Dolphins. But the last thing that I'll leave you with is this. I'm a very large believer that a lot of football teams have to taste it and endure it and not have it, they're going to go through some stuff. And stuff wouldn't be the first word that I would use here, but it's a family show. You're going to go through some stuff to keep you pushing and continue to evolve go to that next level. It's not always the case. Sometimes you get a really special catalyst player, and it changes the landscape, everything. I look at Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals as a great example of that. And a lot of times, teams are close. They're close to close. They taste it. They miss it. What are you going to choose to spend the next six to eight months thinking about? Hopefully this. Hopefully this feeling. You know? And here's hoping next year, the elation that the team felt this year for getting through to the playoffs after missing it two years in a row, that equal level of elation can come with a playoff victory that we came close to but missed yesterday. Hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Talk with you all again tomorrow.